Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your host, Brian, Nathan. I'm JC. It is good to see you. Nathan, you got that nice coffee shop vibe going on behind you. Brian, where, where are you, Brian? Where in the world is where Brian? I'm, is I'm Brian actually in Edward? Pennsylvania. Um, I'm in Lancaster. and Oh, thank the guys, Lord. It is freezing cold here. <laughs> Hey, it's a little chilly in Asheville, North Carolina tonight. We were sitting around the campfire right before this, but uh, Brian, I got a little worried when you started telling us where you're from in Pennsylvania. Some of those towns get a little sketchy. I mean, those names. Yeah, whew. yeah. We actually we actually came through those today, and a guy asked the question, "When are we planting a Hope Church here?" And I said, <laughs> "Never." Hey, no, what no, would the no. name of that Hope Church be, Brian? Tell us. <laughs> Hope I'll go for the best one. Hope Church Bird in Hand. Oh, <laughs> that's, mm, there that's it is. not the best one. That's the only one I'm given tonight. <laughs> You're not even going to put those those two together. <laughs> no, sir. What but, are y'all doing up there? What are you doing in Amish country? Actually on a staff retreat. Uh, nice. Man, it has been fantastic. We went to Sight and Sound tonight to see Moses. It was incredible. Ooh. Denise and I have been to all of those shows multiple times, always loved them. And tonight was incredible. And guys, it's entrapment. Have you ever been to Sight and Sound Theater? Negative. Haven't. Not yet. Oh, my word. You can't even be a believer if you haven't been. Um, by the way, been we, went Pennsylvania. To, we went to a buffet restaurant that had over 200 items. That was pretty incredible. But then we went to um, Sight and Sound. They have those praline almonds when you walk in the lobby it is straight up entrapment mm. <laughs> is that like a christian dixie stampede no it's actually so i've actually been to new york to broadway these productions are far more uh integral technologically advanced than everything than even a broadway production mm. man the 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 stage props are massive they're gps controlled that place is, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's like watching a high tech movie in, in, in real life. I mean, straightforward. It's awesome. And they always give the gospel always. Hey, JC just has Dolly. What? Maybe one of these days we'll get to go to New York city. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we will. <laughs> yep. Hey, my daughter, we used to go to pigeon forge and, uh, we would go, we would go to Dixie stampede. And our little girl, she was real small then, probably about four years old. She would come back to the uh, church the following Sunday and tell everybody that she went to Dippy Dampede. Nice. <laughs> so we would have Dippy to Dippy catch Dippy. her. Well, Please don't tell people where you've been, sweetheart. Don't tell anybody. Pigeon <laughs> Forge. Just so we don't get canceled, it's called the Stampede now. It's not the Dixie Stampede. We don't want anybody to hear this and go woke and cancel oh, us. Did yeah. they really change it? Yeah, they changed it. It's just called Stampede not dixie stampede oh my word fun fact that really offended me i'm glad they changed it <laughs> it really did hey guys you know what's coming up in just a few months we're heading back to israel the rfp is taking a trip to israel we would love for you to go with us this is a pastor's only trip and uh, man we would love for you to go and be part of touring the holy city jerusalem the holy land it is an incredible trip, Nate, and uh, I can't wait to be back in Israel. So, guys, I had an incredible conversation today with a guy at the camera shop here in Asheville. Uh, the owner is a Messianic Jew, and I can't say his name, 
but we had an incredible conversation about Israel. I shared with him that I went for the first time in January, and uh, the conversation ended up going to Hebrew, and I shared my favorite verses from the Old Testament, which are Isaiah 55, 8 through 10, mm. and uh, he read it to me uh, from my Bible app on my phone. I looked up the Hebrew Bible, and he read it to me in Hebrew. And then we talked some about the meaning and the deep and richness of of the Hebrew language. Man, that was just an incredible conversation. And talking to him today just just made me want to to get on an airplane and go back right now. Well, we're going, buddy, real yes, soon. We are. I cannot wait to get back over there. We'd love for you to go with us. It's the cheapest you will ever go to Israel, unless you take a group back and then you get to go for free. But we'd love for you to go with us in January of 2024. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the Israel tab and sign up today. It's going to be a great. Hey, by the way, you know what's hilarious, Nathan? What? In Asheville, you have a guy at a camera shop who can read Hebrew, but I'm sitting in a Hampton Inn lobby in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and have better Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the truth, man. Yeah. Touche. Uh, I'm going to blame it on my brand new very nice very expensive webcam that i got that apparently i need to update my software or something because it was totally flaking out on me yeah but you looked really sharp you looked really crisp with that well, webcam, webcam i'm you. telling you that thank you that's funny well i'm excited about today's episode we've got three incredible guys on the podcast with us tyler chance and austin who really should be adam and we're excited that these guys are here and uh, they have the starving for truth podcast a brand new podcast to the rfp network and uh, we are excited to introduce them to the rfp fam and i uh, let you hear their story and so without further ado guys i think we should jump right into today's episode you ready yes sir let's get it going let's go the recovering fundamentalist podcast starts in three you know what makes women stupid is college jesus was not a bartender hi back two you have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Guys, I want to give a shout out and just say, a job well done. Uh, the Southern Gospel Group, we know these guys really well, the Ball Brothers. Um, they are actually coming They're to fantastic. an end. Do what? They're fantastic. Yeah, they have a great sound. They're actually coming off the road, and uh, they are uh, are going to be calling it quits here in just a few weeks and ran into uh, one of them the other night. And I just want to say, job well done, guys. And uh, we, we've, sh we've aired them here on one of the episodes. You remember, I think it was a Christmas episode. We played one of their songs and uh, just a bunch of genuine dudes. And uh, I love, I've been playing softball against them for a long time, church league softball. So I'm looking forward to having them back out on the field. And uh, we're all just a little bit older and I'm fatter. So, <laughs> hey, you've been running a lot. I've been seeing you in the gym. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not as much as I need to be, but I have started it and I've made a commitment. So got to got to keep that going. Keep me accountable. I will. Me too. Right. Man, I need to gym do in the hotel like No, if I hit the gym, it'd be because I went in and laid down on the treadmill. <laughs> I'm the biggest it. I've ever been in my life. I told my wife, I'm actually going to need to work out to have a double chin. I love it. All righty. Hey, well, right now you call my belt a leather fence around a chicken graveyard. <laughs> bless us, Art. Lord bless him. Bless well, I'm excited him. about today's podcast. We're going to get off Brian's weight and onto something that's starving. It's a starving for truth podcast with three. Oh, that was so good. That was a good one. You said it was like a softball right there. I just Woo! hit it. Uh, these guys are awesome, and uh, we're excited to have them on the RFP podcast. You can hear them on the RFP network. Go to rfpnetwork.com. Uh, guys, I don't I don't think your stuff is up on the website yet. Have you sent that in to Justin yet? It's all Tyler's fault. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> Not yet, but we're sending it over soon. All right. So, JC, I was actually overlooking at that today on the RFP network website. Right. And, you know, I was – everybody knows this. We don't talk a lot about it, but we've had a little bit of turnover, right? I mean, People so talk about it. Yeah. we, we kind of split up with a, there, there was a, the church split podcast. And I just realized that you got to put a dollar in the starving jar. for truth is actually sliding into the church splits spot. And I just wanted you guys to know that you have their spot now. And I think that's so appropriate because, um, I mean, the, the second name you guys were coming up with was Calvinist R Us. So I think it's <laughs> only appropriate that we put three Calvinists in the church split spot. And I'm just going to say we're we're upgrading on the RFP network. It was predestined <laughs> to happen. Predestined to happen. <laughs> hey, did you guys ever hear about the church? Did you, you guys ever hear about the church that split over? Um, half of the congregation were Calvinist and half of them were not. And true story, I was told they were actually having church homecoming and there was one piece of chicken left. And so one of the deacons who was a Calvinist, he walked over to the platter, got that chicken and held it up. He said it was foreordained before the foundation of the world that I'd be here today and I'd eat this piece of chicken. But one of the guys who didn't believe in it reached up and jerked it out of his hand and bit it and said, not this time you don't. And they all got in a big fuss, and the church ended up splitting over it. True story. Well, um, if half of them were Calvinists, that's good for our numbers. So. <laughs> that's all I got out of that story. That's awesome. Well, guys, introduce yourself. I'll, we'll just give you the mic and the floor, and uh, y'all go through, introduce yourselves, how you got together, how you started the podcast. And we don't have a direction tonight. We're just going to let the spirit lead. Amen. Amen. Well, they told me to go first. Um, my name is Tyler Graber, and um, I grew up at a Indian Creek Baptist camp. It was a IFB camp, and we went to Shawnee Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, mm. growing up. And my dad, he was the camp director there, co-director. And um, living there, it was it was it was like a dream. You thought you're like in the mecca of. It seemed like you're in the mecca of like IFB churches because they were all coming to you, and you knew had all these connections with people, and um, it was it was a great time being there, um, but my junior year, my dad felt led to preach, and so uh, we moved in 2014 to Central City, Kentucky, where he pastors Lighthouse Baptist Church still, and um, 
you know, when you're uh, away from pulled away from your circles into a country church, similar to Austin's story, which he'll tell you, um, you kind of just you in the Bible, you said a lot of things and you're just devoted to serving Christ and yeah. it's, and he's still there serving the Lord. Um, but I know uh, Austin and Chance from, from that camp ministry and from the college there. And, um, and they have similar stories, but you'll hear them. But um, it's just, uh, I was there seven years in uh, Muhlenberg County um, working with my dad, had, having a secular job working at a pharmacy. And um, we visited this church for, during a conference, and Chance was here as well. And Austin, Chance had just moved here, and Austin was there, and I, I'd known him, so it was good to see him. And I was like telling my wife, man, what if God calls us here? That would be really interesting. And uh, <laughs> Chance called at least. <laughs> Chance called at least. Next best thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, so uh, he asked if I'd be interested in teaching at the school and serving in the ministry. And we were, and we prayed about it. And it was just a, it's a huge blessing being here. We've been able to grow together. And that's basically a short form of our story. But it's awesome. Sorry for calling you Graber last week on the that, that's my name <laughs> calling me graber what did you i call you graber so graber is the said, way to say it i think you said garber i said garber, garber. that's garber. what i said yeah, yeah. well okay. at least i got that kind of right at least not adam hello <laughs> JC, tell dude. us about yourself <laughs> yeah. the way well, for God. you to get names right is to think you're saying them wrong adam all right. Well, first off, guys, I want to thank you for having us on. And uh, so thank you guys for this podcast. It really helped me out um, in 2020, um, just tuning into the podcast. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but I was converted in a Southern Baptist church when I was 15. And then I was, went off to an IFB college and I was really in hook, line, and sinker. Um, I remember going to my first Sword of the Lord conference and hearing the guys yelling. And um, I was all about it at that time. I wanted their suits and their cufflinks and, uh, I wanted people to come up to me and sign their Bibles, a super prideful mentality. Um, but then one of my Bible college professors called me and said he wanted me to come work on staff with him. And I was actually at this church. So this church was a big IFB church. And I, I went and served with him. And um, it turned out to be not what I thought. Um, the second man, I, I think it was Josh Tice. I don't know who said it, but he said one of the most dangerous jobs for a married man with children is to be an assistant pastor at an independent fundamental Baptist church. Mm. And uh, it was taking a toll on, on my family. I was neglecting them. I was always here at the church. I was wearing a lot of hats, uh, running the school youth group and what my pastor said, everything I don't want to do, uh, you have to do. Mm. And so it, it began taking a toll. We stayed here for about four and a half years. And this church out in the country, Seven Springs Baptist Church, had me come out and candidate. There's only about 20 people there that voted us in. And I thank the Lord to this day for that time in my life, getting away from the movement, digging into the word. And I remember preaching through John, the gospel of John, getting to passages. And really everything just began to fall like a house of cards. You know, the King James onlyism, uh, the, the dress standards they imposed on women and all those things began to, to quickly fall away. And it wasn't because I read a book by somebody. It's because I was in the word, studying the word, away from the influence, you know, the fear of, well, I'll lose my job if I begin to lean that direction, you know, compromise in quotes. Um, so we, we served there as a very healing time for my family. Um, five years we spent at that church. Love those people to death. The Lord allowed the church to grow while we were there. And then Brandon Neal, you had him on here a couple episodes ago. Uh, Brandon Neal was at this church. Um, 
doing a great work, preaching the word. Um, God has used him greatly. And he called me up and said, what, what do you think about possibly coming back to Maranatha? And I remember sitting down with my wife and, and she just began to cry because of all the hurt that we experienced here. And I can dig into more of that later. Uh, but we prayed, the Lord opened up the doors for us to come back. And God's just building a team here. Chance moved here with his wife. His wife works here at our school. And then having Tyler come on board. And God's just doing a, a great work here at the church. Chance, you're up. <laughs> Brother Chance. Well, That's an interesting name. That's an interesting name for a Calvinist. I didn't grow up in church. And then um, the the IFB is what kind of took me under their, their, their wing. I was converted. Uh, a pastor came and shared the gospel with me. And uh, God saved me that day. And I got plugged into a small IFB church in uh, right below Indianapolis. And that's what I learned. You know, my mom bought me an NIV Bible and I threw it in the trash can. You know, <laughs> it was like that. That was my my thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to just hook, line and sinker go into this. And then and then the 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 scale started falling off in Bible college, um, especially when my professors were teaching stuff that was contrary to the scripture. I'm a little bit different than Austin and Tyler. I would rather go kicking and screaming and uh, <laughs> uh, blaze a fire and not uh, not be that guy that's always getting abused by people. Uh, I grew up in in being abused as a child, and I, as I grew up, I was like, I'm not going to let people abuse me. I'm going to stand and be firm. And and uh, if you do that in the IFB movement, and they they contradict the scripture, and you stand on the scripture, typically what they do is either they repent or they get really mad at you. And so. Most of the times they just get mad. Yeah. So I, I, I got kicked out of Bible college, not once, but twice. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's me. Uh, then I went on my own kind of journey. Um, after that, my wife and I, we took a little uh, pastor away from Shawnee. And, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of things that we lost, um, especially my wife. She lost a lot of her friendships. Um, when you leave that atmosphere, uh, it's almost cultish. People just shun you yeah. because you're not doing what they want you to do. And then I ended up pastoring out in California for the last two years. And um, I, I resigned from there and I was taking another pastoral role and it all fell through. And I kind of came here kicking and screaming. I'm not going to lie. I was I was out with MacArthur. I was around the guys like Phil Johnson and all that that network of masters guys and i was like this this these are my people you know <laughs> and so um the lord called us here and on on the way here we we hit an elk a bull elk um <laughs> oh, totaled man. my car uh and so when i ended up what a and, cool story though who yeah. has that story <laughs> me <laughs> like one, time, one time i ran over a weenie dog on a motorcycle <laughs> I feel so bad now. <laughs> I got to tell you this. We, I ran over a dog. We were Christmas caroling with our kids this past Christmas, and I hit a puppy. And that's like the ninth animal that we've killed in that van. And now we sing the song, the animal killer van. <laughs> but I'd let you know that. <laughs> yes, well, I hit that. I hit the elk so hard it pooped on my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we got here, you know, by God's grace, and we didn't really have anything. Um, 
you know, we, when we went out to California, the cost of living is way different out there. So we had, uh, we had dug into our savings to kind of just survive for the two years that we were out there. And then we got here and I'm like looking at Amy, I'm like, we have nothing now. <laughs> so we, we have to be here. I took a secular job. Um, it was a nice cushy job. And then Austin calls me and he goes, and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. He calls me because, Hey, do you want a job or you text me? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And so, and then I got plugged in here and we've just been plowing away, keeping the sword in one hand and, and what, what's the, the plow in the, the other trowel, trowel in the other. Yeah. So all of y'all are elders at the church. Uh, Austin, you're the lead pastor. Um, this is the one that Brandon Neal was talking about. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode two ago, and uh, you can hear an incredible story. Brandon Neal shared a great word, um, but these are the elders of the church that Brandon Neal was talking about. And uh, so tell us what it's been like working together as a team there at the church. Yeah. So it's, it's been great. If you know the IFB, you know, structure of churches, oftentimes there's this one guy at the top and he leads by fear. And, you know, everyone that works under him is, is afraid. Uh, there's almost a tyrannical rule. Um, right. I'll never forget one time I was here working at the church and I had finished my day doing a whole bunch of things. And my pastor said, no, you need to make sure you get my trash out of my office. He's like, make sure you get that taken out today. And man, I was tired. And I remember leaving and coming back in the next day. And he called me in his office and said, now, I just want to tell you, you're really neglecting your job. I told you to take my trash out and you didn't do it. And it wasn't like a five minute. It was like 30 minutes of how terrible of a, of a worker I was for that. So the whole eldership rule is wonderful for this reason. Um, I think it's great to have men around you that can hold you accountable yeah. Um, it doesn't have one man at the top that can easily get away, you know, with, with that kind of mentality, you know, scaring the people that work under him. Uh, it's it's a brotherhood. These guys are my friends and we hold each other accountable. We meet once a week and discuss the church, uh, talk about, we're reading books together, different things, watching videos on church history. And uh, just to have men around you that, you know, you know, they're there. Smoking some scars. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, well, buddy. Out there now. <laughs> hey, Austin. Austin, yes. when that pastor told you that you should take the trash out, if you could have picked that old boy up, you should have picked him up and threw him over your shoulder. <laughs> the problem, I don't know if I can. The problem is if he's too big. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in a different headspace on something like that. I would have probably dumped the trash all over his office and hit my right <laughs> That's why you got kicked out of two Bible colleges. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that, that is exactly why. I just put next to your name, Scorched Earth. So we're good. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. So Tyler is um, elder in training. So here in about uh, six months or so, we'll okay. ordain him and he'll become an elder. We have another young guy coming on board here soon. He hasn't made it public yet, so we won't do that here on the episode. But he'll be an elder in training, and we'll just have him for a year training, us meeting with him. And uh, awesome. man, we're just excited how what God's doing here. I love it. So you have a, you mentioned it just a second ago, Chance, and uh, it's a new sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, and we're excited about <laughs> it. One of your uh, endeavors that you're on is 1689 Cigar Company, or Co., yeah. if you will. Tell us about it. Well, uh so all the cigars are, what they do is they support a church plant in Nicaragua. Uh, and so the proceeds go to plant a church 
that really burns some of the IFBers. I can tell it right Somebody now. Somebody's head just uh, exploded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna have we have lines of cigars. So we have Calvin cigars. We have Spurgeon cigars. Mm. Um, the Cal- the Calvins are Habanos, um, and the uh, the Spurgeons are Maduros, which I think you guys have tried some of those. Yes. Um, and they're like smoking diesel. Hey, they're <laughs> they're Maduros for sure through and through. Yeah. Um, and so Al Gomez, he's he's kind of the founder of the Reform Cigars. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm partnering with him just to kind of be the stateside sales rep to get cigars out. Um, sell them when they come across the, you know, the, the, the water as they get over here and it just supports church plants. Uh, and, you know, Al was talking to him on a, a, a conference call the other day and he says that he's, he told us, he, he says he feels like Moses because he's going over there to Nicaragua and he's building the cigar companies. Like let my people go because like places <laughs> like Drew Estates, they, they're, yeah. they're making slave labor over there. And so what he's doing is he's going to make it to where he can actually pay his people well, take care of them. And it's easier to run a church out of a for-profit business than a nonprofit business just because of how their their country set up. So it's a really, really neat thing. I don't know anything about cigars, but um, are they better than a True Estate or an Oliva or a Macanudo or... You know, maybe some of the other like a Tabat. I don't know anything about cigars, but are they are they better than those? So, so we just we just had uh, them sit out to Hollywood and had them had them taste tested, and they are on the same line as Drew Estates. The, actually, the the tobacco that is used in them, Drew Estate actually buys it from Al's farm. Um, wow. So they're high quality. Uh, they're hand rolled. Um, they're they're great cigars. Uh, I, I like the Habanos the best. They're not on the market yet. They're they're coming out soon, um, but they are they are they are top tier. Um, they're excellent folks. Yeah, eventually, eventually we want to be in a, like cigar lounges, and it's not just going to be for the churches, but we want we want to go and be like Drew Estates, but you know, let my yeah. people go, kind of Drew Estates. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of the things that I love about this is the fact that. When you buy the cigars, and you can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, and you'll see a tab on the sponsor tab. It'll take you right to the website. When you're buying cigars, you're not only getting a good stick, but you're helping support church planters and people that are getting to work. And, uh, man, who would have thought you could smoke an incredible cigar and help church planters out in Nicaragua? I love it. It's a win, 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 win. Spurgeon said he could smoke for the glory of God. So I, I think that's, that's right. And, you know, you said, JC, that there are some people's head exploded, IFB yeah. people. But I've been in so many different IFB churches, and we used to go to a lot, a lot of backwoods IFB churches. And yeah. so many of those, like you would pull in and there'd be 12 deacons sure. on the front porch smoking cigarettes. Sure. So it's it's kind of hit or miss with that. Like there was a culture or- in the deep south where smoking was was okay or they preach super hard about smoking but they got chaw and dip in their pocket (laughs) i know how you can make cigars acceptable how's that just put them on a buffet (laughs) oh well he went there sprinkle some fried chicken all over the top of them took me a second sorry i i was not tracking i figured out what you got now okay we're good That's incredible. Well, guys, I learned something new when it, when it came to Charles Spurgeon. I'm sure you've heard this story as well, that there was an ad in the paper and he got convicted 
And then he, he gave up smoking cigars. Have you all heard that before? No. I've heard that a lot of IFB sermons. Well, yeah, it wasn't I went out to, yeah, yeah, it's not. I went out to um, Spurgeon College in Missouri, and there's a big museum there. They have his whole library, and there's actually a, a, a glass case by one of these portraits of him, and it has a cigar inside of that glass case. It says this was found on Spurgeon's body on the day that he passed away. Wow. So it's obvious that he, he he did smoke. You know, I believe that he didn't oversmoke, but that kind My of favorite all story about that, a lady, <laughs> a lady asked him and said, sir, don't you think you smoke too many cigars? He said, man, when you see me with two cigars in my mouth at once, you'll know I smoke too many cigars. <laughs> so my favorite, my favorite Spurgeon story with a cigar. Um, so Spurgeon had a guest speaker in who preached far too long and, and actually made comments about, I think it was smoking or cigars or something like that. And so when, when Spurgeon got up to close the service, he said something about the man's much talking. He couldn't wait to get home and retire to his lounge chair and a great cigar. Um, I think that's really like hilarious. That I would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 1689. And uh, what is the name of, of reformed cigars? That's what, what it is. Correct. Yeah. So, so 1689 cigars is 1689 cigars.com is where you can find them. Uh, the yeah. producer of these cigars is reformed cigars. 1689 will have its own blends. Um, sure. you know, we're going to have the, the Severtis blend, you know, um, so you can light that up. It'll be a, a little light blend. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, so, <laughs> um, there, there, there are different blends coming out. Um, we're still kind of working on those and, um, We'll send you guys some test samples. I love it. If you Do can it. get one that that's similar to the Drew Estates Tobacco Special, get one like that, and I'll be all over it. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> have to go get one of those and try it out and see if we can Bro, we can match it. You'll never be the same. I guarantee you, it's good. So let's <laughs> talk about start. What Nate? Product placement. Yes, exactly. That's how we roll right there. So tell us about the Starving for Truth podcast. Y'all have started this podcast. Um, we're interested to hear all about it. Uh, some ladies said today, do those lambs legs look broke? Um, tell us about your picture, about the podcast, the premise behind it. Everything's starving for truth podcast, the newest podcast on the recovering fundamentalist network. Yeah, sure. So when chance came on board here at the church, he had a podcast that he did out in California and he sat down and we talked about it and uh, what could we do, um, as a podcast? Like, what are some thoughts we could have? And we were thinking about how we grew up, or I grew up in the IFB, he was in it for a while, and how truly we were starving for biblical truth. Uh, we had been brought up in a movement that honestly is so shallow. Uh, there's so many stories, there's so much shallowness in their theology and their doctrine, and how that left us starving. So the sheep in our picture, you know, is, a, is, is really a picture of that, how we felt coming out of it. Um, how how much we knew we needed to grow, and then to be able to feast on real theology. So we wanted to uh, address a lot of the issues that we went through on some of our episodes. You'll see, you know, King James only. We just had Josh Barzin on Monday, and, and we we had our wives on one time to talk about their perspective from being in the IFB. And so that's the premise behind our podcast is we know because there's so many young guys reaching out to us, and there are other young men still in the IFB that are starving for truth, 
And we want to be that flag that they can run to to look for some answers for those questions. Yeah, and, and we really want to reform the IFB from the inside out. Um, and when we say reform, we don't say that everybody has to hold the doctrine of grace or be a confessionally reformed Baptist. Um, we would like that because, you know, that's where we're at. But but the the ability to sit down with somebody and have dialogue about King James onlyism or have dialogue about regeneration and not cut each other's throats or go to Twitter and start having a bash party, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I get, I, I throw mud sometimes. So, I mean, I, I can't say that I, I don't get involved in those, but the, the IFB is fractured right now. And there has to be, uh, you have to give people a place to land uh, mm-hmm. just like with Hope Church and with, with, with us as well. And we're seeing that there's a lot of, when Austin says there's a lot of men that are reaching out to us, how, how do you transition to this? Because a lot of the men that do reach out to us are pastors. And if they say, Hey, I'm no longer King James only, what does that mean? They don't have a job anymore. They can't, they, yeah. they can't supply what they need for their families. And so you guys have probably dealt with that. You've probably walked people through that. And so we really want to help people leave slow or reform slow and, uh, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You don't just go, you know, swing in the truth bat. Some people do. I mean, Brandon did. And that was <laughs> Brandon Neal did. Yes. That, that was good for us. Definitely did. Speaking uh, yeah. of scorched yeah, earth, was... <laughs> it's yeah, Brandon scorched yeah. earth, Neil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, in God's providence, having Brandon here preaching that way, 90 people, you know, that sounds terrible. 90 people leaving a church. But all of those hardcore IF people getting out of here was what Maranatha Baptist Church needed to grow, to get out of legalism. Sure. And so when I arrived here at the church, there, there was a healthy foundation to build on. The 40, 50 people that were here, they wanted the Bible. They wanted fellowship. They didn't want the extra biblical standards, you know, so. Guys, I love it. I, I love your podcast. And as a matter of fact, I love the name, but I do think you missed a really good opportunity to name your podcast what I really wanted to name the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast, and that's the Reforming Fundamentalist Podcast. I mean, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> really <laughs> could have run with that one. So, Austin, what is it? What has been the biggest blessing of getting to share these conversations with two guys who are walking alongside of you through life? Because you know, great conversations came from Jesus' disciples asking him questions. And then Jesus responding. And so, so much of what we, you know, read in the gospels that's so truth heavy was Jesus responding. And you realize when you have great people around you, it, it provokes you to truth. It provokes you to think deeper. So, so can you just talk about that a little bit? Yes. So having these guys here on board, um, Really getting together once a week and having an opportunity to talk about theology with other guys that that are starving for truth with you helped so much. Um, when I was out at, at Seven Springs, it was almost like an island. Um, I was by myself at first. Uh, there was no fellowship. I felt like everyone was in the IFB world was, you know, hawking over me to make sure I stayed in that movement. Uh, but coming back here and having men around you that you know are going to hold you accountable one of the biggest blessings for me is just having some guys that I can call up and say, Hey, you want to hang out tonight? And uh, just getting together, enjoying fellowship, getting around the word together and really encouraging one another. Cause there's days when, <laughs> when one of us are down, uh, we've, we've, we've had some battles here at the church and, and to be able to get together and know 
that you're going to get some encouragement. Man, that helps so much. Yeah, I think right before the podcast on on Monday or Tuesday when we had it, uh, one of us was down in here, and so I started putting <laughs> this guy. So I started putting music on and like joking with him and like you know prodded him and and you know there's been times like that too where I've come in and I'm just like I'm ready to just you know walk away and 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 Austin's like uh, you know calm down here and then the brotherhood is so much different when you actually love one another yeah um, and yeah. not try. Because the IFB, it was like a pyramid scheme. If you could get to the top, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And exactly. here is like, how, how do how do people know we love Jesus? Because we have love for one exactly. another. Yeah. And that is that is evident through our church. Yeah, and we're not working to like make ourselves look better than one another. We're a team. We know that. We're a brotherhood, which yeah. is great. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've loved the most about these last four years of doing this podcast with, with these two guys is that brotherhood it, it when it's true brotherhood you're not trying to impress each other it's not a competition of who's better than who's greater than who's getting more speaking opportunities who's doing the, you, you cheer for the other person you, you want that other person to succeed yeah. and yet on the Amen. other side of that there's truth and love and you know we've walked through it a lot over these last four years because we're all three different dudes but We've held each other accountable and there's been points times where we've called each other out and that's the difference then in the IFB world. It's always, you've got to like point in case, you know, listen, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm remembering it. Um, you know, we, we heard a sermon that was just incredible, but then followed it up just a couple of nights later with, Oh, but let just be reminded. I'm still this way. I still am King James version only. I'm still, you know, and it's like, you have to go back and remind them what our brotherhood is about is these stupid temporary man-made ideologies mm-hmm. that this is what keeps us brother when it's you don't have to agree on everything brian nathan and i we don't agree on everything together we do things differently we have conversations differently we make decisions differently but at the end of the day we love each other and we're going to be brothers and we're going to walk through this and talk through this and i think that's the biggest difference that i found outside of the ifb and in true brotherhood jc you just went where i was going to go so since you guys are all uh, theologically aligned in that you all, uh, you know, identify in the way that you do as, as being reformed, do you challenge each other theologically? Uh, you know, oh, because yeah. I think sometimes it's really cool for there to be diversity. And, and yet, you know, we seem to attract and be attracted to people who are just like us. So are you guys also finding that you're having challenging conversations and and not just at times agreement because I think a lot of people think hey eldership or or pastoralship or brotherhood means we always agree and it doesn't in my previous church like me and my dad would always talk about the theological things and we didn't always agree um and but I was advocating for having the Lord's Supper more often and we studied that out and we thought we should when we did when we came here I came here and we hadn't had the Lord's Supper yet. We we had we did it monthly at Lighthouse. Chance did it weekly in Strathmore. Um, so when we came here, we hadn't had it yet, you know. And we're just like, when's when's this going to happen? And just um, you know, um, we just talked with Austin about it. He looked into it too. He thought it was a valuable thing to do. And we were having it monthly now. And it's just uh just things like that. There's all sorts of things where we straighten each other out. Um, sometimes we have to hold chance back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up and choose violence is what I say. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know, so it's, it's been a blessing in that, in that regards where it's not necessarily like Jesus and the disciples, <laughs> but it's more like Peter and Paul sometimes, but, <laughs> there you go, but, it, but, it, but it's, it's uh, edifying that type of yeah. uh, engagement with each other. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and working out like eschatology, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty settled now and kind of like my, my point, but we could, I could think we could say openly, you guys are still I think, exploring. I think, I think you've gone from pre to all to post since you've been here. So. James White's with me, so I feel better. Uh, so, um, you know, so we do, we do challenge each other theologically. Um, and, you know, being reformed, uh, the reformers models uh, was always reforming. And then like looking at the marks of a true church, there's church discipline, um, the ordinances are, are observed and the gospels preached. Yeah. And so like when you see those three things happening inside of a church, even if they're even if you're not Calvinistic and you, you lean more towards, uh, I always joke and say deformed theology. Uh, <laughs> and you, 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 oh. you lean. <laughs> you lean more that way. If those three things are hit, then we're brothers. You know, yeah. we can fellowship. Um, we could walk hand in hand and, and go share the gospel with our neighbor. Yeah. The biggest thing for us probably that we have to do with each other is um, realize that if someone doesn't believe exactly like you do, you need to find a way to recognize them as a brother. Yeah. Um, you don't always look to cut somebody off. Um, so extending the olive branch to those that disagree with you on even yeah. the hardcore IFB side and wanting to recognize much of them as many of them as brothers, of course, um, and treating them as such, not as lesser, as lesser Christians. Um, but that's part of that, us encouraging each other to do that. Um, but, and that's probably in every, every camp, um, where oh, you Cody kind of pull right yourself off. in. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, sometimes it's not just viewing that they might believe differently than us. It's actually being open to the fact that we might be wrong. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I, we, I preached on Esther on Sunday, doing overviews of different books of the Bible. And um, one of the themes of Esther is just the sovereignty of God. God is behind the scenes, working things out according to his will, his glory, pre preserving, protecting his people. And so a big theme of that was just God's sovereignty. And in small group tonight, we're doing sermon-based discussion and we were talking about that. And of course, you know, election, some other things that are under the category of, of sovereignty came up. And there were even people within our within our small group that had different views on that. And some that are that are looking into it and studying it for the first time. But automatically, you know, they kind of have a knee jerk to the way they were raised. And mm -hmm. uh, there were some, you know, that are more leaning reformed in our group and uh, I, I made a statement tonight that I have friends that are more Arminian, I have friends that are more Calvinist, and uh, guys like myself that I kind of think I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I say I'm Reformed, but I've never called myself Calvinist. I've never taken that title. And Austin, we had an incredible conversation about that in Israel yeah. this early. Yeah, it was year. awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. But uh, I made a statement to those guys that before I want to look and see you know, if someone's a Calvinist or an Armenian, I want to know if they preach the gospel and if they love God's word and if they preach that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's that's the gospel. That's what matters. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's 
we're we're all hopeless. We're helpless. Without Christ, we can do nothing. And he is our only hope. I care about that more than I care about a label. Now, I lean a certain way, and I'm yeah. convinced in my own mind, and I study it out. But, man, I've had some incredible conversations with guys that would would not lean the same way that I lean, but they love Jesus. They love the gospel. Yeah. They preach the gospel to whosoever will let them come. And that's exactly how Charles Spurgeon preached the gospel. Whosoever will let them come. So whichever way we lean, man, we can definitely show grace to one another. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we always need to be diving deeper in the word. And Brian, that's a good, that's a good word, man. I don't think yeah. any of us are exactly right on everything. As a matter of fact, I know yeah. that none of us are exactly right on everything. Right. None right. of us are. And, you know, something, Nathan, that I've thought a lot about, and, you know, because I deal with a lot of different people and talk to a lot of different people, you know, why in the world would we ever want to be labeled with a flawed man's name when we have the name of a perfect Savior Woo! that we're known as followers of Jesus? Why in the world would I want to be a follower of Calvin when I can be a follower of Jesus? Why do I want to be a follower of whatever evangelist or writer or or scholar or theologian? You know, sure, we we appreciate the truth that, and the insight that they bring, but but we bear the name of Jesus Christ. You know, you think about it. The people of the way were first called Christians in Antioch. These people are like Jesus. And and that's the greatest compliment that can be given to any of us. And so if I'm pursuing being like this man or like that man, or if just because he is that man and there are other people who follow him because he is that man and he wrote these books and said these things, man, we need to be in pursuit of Jesus. If we make him known, he's the savior of the world. There is no other. And and so I think sometimes we label people when we probably shouldn't, you know, just because somebody appreciates the writing of someone or the biblical perspective or some of someone, the theological perspective, it doesn't mean that they're pursuing being labeled by that person's name. If you talk to them, they're actually likely in pursuit of Jesus and they want to make him known. Yeah. So when people come and ask me questions about, you know, salvation, I don't like to immediately run to that name. I just like to ask them, well, what do you think Calvinism is? Because oftentimes they have a straw man, you know, they've been told that Calvin is the worst person ever. So rather than just say, well, you need to be a Calvinist, and here's what Calvin said, I just like to ask them, well, what do you think that is? And then they'll explain something. I say, well, let's just get to the word, and let's mm -hmm. look at what the, what the scriptures actually say. And when yep. you do it that way, you're not pointing them then to a man, you're pointing them to the scriptures. And Calvin, of course, would agree with a lot of those things. And you can say, well, look, we're not pointing you there to become after that man. We're trying to point you to the scriptures. But by the way, John Calvin did teach some of these things. And I know you probably heard not to read after him, but here's the scripture. Yeah. So I think it's always important. Calvin would probably hate it that his yes. name is being used to be called <laughs> Calvinist. And it's only for ease of language that we would say that we align with Calvinistic theology, you know, um, but it, we, we think we're biblicist Christians, you know, yeah. Yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the only point I was making there. Like, yeah. And, and when you're looking at church history, like uh, Calvin wasn't even the one that brought those uh, to the floor to show that Arminius was wrong. He was dead, you know? And so the, when you use the term Calvinist, what you're doing is just pointing back to a time in church history where this was disputed among the, the churches. And so a lot of times uh, like we don't really, we don't use that from the pulpit. We don't, we don't use that broadly. Like if somebody asked me if I'm a Calvinist, I'm going to say, sure, you know, but then I'm going to define what they mean. You know, do they mean it? Is it hyper?
paper. Do I do we baptize it? babies? Yeah, like <laughs> just say, am I baptizing babies? Which there there are Presbyterians that, that come to our church, so like there's there is a fluidness of different denominations, different believers here. But I think a lot of times, especially in the fundamentalist movement, when we think of church history, we were taught such a poor view of it. Um, we think Calvinism and we think I'm a poor Calvinist because I've, I haven't even read the institutes, you know? So like the, the, the term is just easy because it qualifies certain things. Yeah. You're exactly right, Brian. We don't want to become, you know, like we, like the IFE world was where we shun everyone that doesn't agree with us. Mm. So we want to, we want to, we want to have open discussion with them and point them to the word. That's what I was getting ready to say. A lot of Calvinists, they just shut off. You're done. Yeah. Swear that way. We're not, honest, we're not that way at all. So, 40 years old, having the name John Calvin. Every time I hear y'all say that, I'm in trouble because that's the only time it was said in our house. <laughs> well, John Calvin Groovy. <laughs> Groovy. All right, Adam. I love it. Hey, I'm interested. Y'all are 27 episodes in. Is that correct? 27, 28 correct. episodes. What? Who have you found is your audience like who who have y'all been reaching who have you been hearing from what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten i would say the predominantly who in my inboxes people who are messaging me are from oneness pentecostal backgrounds Mm. um and a lot of people from dysfunctional church backgrounds and when i say that is from the tyrannical leading um so I I left the IFE movement 10 years ago, so I've been out of it. I've, I've preached in every denomination that you, I've, I preached at a Lutheran church once, which is, is strange. Uh, but, but the, the, the main focus of pot, uh, that I get is a lot of people who are struggling with legalism or they're bound by this gospel of works. And, and they're like, what gospel are you preaching? You know? And so, so they really are drawn to the gospel of Christ um, with, Tyler and Austin, it's probably a different sphere yeah. because I, I left the IFB movement a long time ago. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very recently out like a year. So my biggest response to this is other young guys that are in, in the IFB right now, just yesterday, I'm not going to give his name. There's an assistant pastor that's in the IFB that said, Hey, how did you do this? How are, how did you transition out? Um, if I say that I'm not King James only, I'm going to lose my job. Um, yeah. What, what do I do? And so just to be able to, to comfort him and say, the Lord will open up an opportunity for you. Yes, it's going to be hard. You're going to lose friends. Your name is going to be slung in the mud. And I just went through this just, just recently. But I encouraged him by saying, there is light at the end of that tunnel. There is brotherhood. There are going to be men that God places in your life to encourage you. So you can either live in fear and sacrifice your family, or you can get out and just trust God to open up the door for you. Yeah, for me, it's mostly my mom. I remember Brian Edwards said one time that he, he, I think you told your dad that if you had stayed in the King James camp or stayed in the him only camp or stayed in, you know, whatever camp you were in with the IFB, that you would actually be compromising because you didn't believe that anymore that you had to truly go with what you believe the Bible taught. And that's the biggest thing for me. I tell people, I don't want you to leave a movement. I don't want you to be what I am. I want you to be what the Bible teaches. Study the word of God and be true to what you discover in scripture. If, if it lines up with 
all of scripture in context uh, and and go with that. If you're not fully convinced in your own mind, then keep digging. Yeah. Well, you like know, the Bible ends with the book of Revelation, not Revelations. God mm -hmm. included everything in the book he wanted it to say. And if we're going to start believing in additional revelation, then, man, we can jump in with Watchtower and Book of Mormon and everything Ooh. else. And so when I realized there was a lot of people who were preaching outside of Scripture, mm -hmm. which would mean apparently they had some additional kind of revelation. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. There's no S on the last book of the Bible. There's only one Jesus, and there's only one revelation of that Jesus. That's God on. did that through his word. And so mm -hmm. if I go outside of the Bible, then I am an ultimate compromiser. Yep. If what's in the book's not good enough for me, then then I have a serious spiritual problem. And guys, we all know people who are hiding their Calvinism inside of the IFB. I could name one right oh, yeah. now would blow everybody's mind, and I'm not going to do it because right, I've man. agreed not to. Um, <laughs> but they hide that. We know guys that are going around hiding their views on the King James, yep. like yeah. like you just said. They they'll tell us behind closed yep. doors. We just can't do that. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, who's who's the compromiser, man? Yeah. Mm. Stand on what you believe and proclaim it from the rooftops. Yeah, if yep. it aligns with God's word, fires me up, man. That's the thing yeah. I think. Nathan, what you just said is most. If it aligns with God's word, and that's the thing that I love, especially watching Austin, like you've been walking through this, man, you know, even in Israel, we had some conversations where you were still working through certain things, um, with <laughs> yeah. decisions that you were going to make, you know, and, and what I love about it is it always went back to the word of God. I mean, we're blood <laughs> brothers. Look at that. You know, and I mean, <laughs> jumped out of the picture even It's like, no, wait a second. I don't think I want to be in that. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Worried yep. about what people yep. might think, you know, but then like, you get home, you're like, yeah, forget it. I'm going all out. And then you post it. <laughs> and I was like, that a boy. But you know, what I love is what we have been doing for four years, what you guys are doing for 27 episodes. And it's, it's, it's the lies of the people that will tell about us that drive me absolutely insane. When they're saying all those guys are doing, they're telling people to stop reading their King James Bible. They're telling people to leave the IFB church. They're telling people to get away from that man of God. We have never said that. We've never right. told somebody to stop reading the King James Version. We've mm -hmm. just asked, why do you teach that it's the King James Version only? You know, we want you to dig in for yourself and to understand because you've spent time in the Word, you yeah. know what you believe, why you believe it. And, uh, you know, I love it when guys, what, Nate, what you just said, go to the Word. Let the mm -hmm. Word be your guide. Let it dictate how you live your life. And that's what we've been doing for four years. That's what you guys are doing. And, man, stop lying about hey. us, people. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm having a, I'm having a crisis right now. What uh -oh. is it? We're we're talking to three Calvinists about Calvinism and theology. I'm sitting in this hotel lobby and they're pay, playing U2, so I feel like I'm at an Andy Stanley conference. Like you remember <laughs> when they all got hung up on U2 and they were all like singing U2 because Bono went on a missions trip or something one time, and so now it's legal to. So this is this is like polar. I'm on the Polar Express right now, Polar Opposites. We're <laughs> talking to three Calvinists, and I'm listening to you, too. Well, you were talking about, you know, standing on the Word. And um, here at our church, we've just slowly been transitioning Bible translations. It's been something we've been tackling over the last few months. And I've been handing out ESV Bibles to men here and there, just kind of trying to um, 
get in, wait into the water a little bit. But next month, Nathan, you're going to be here with us, and I'm super pumped about that. I'm excited. And, uh, you're going to be preaching on uh, uh, why modern translations are okay, and then we're going to have a Q&A panel with our church, and we're going to transition. And I'm not going to tell our church the King James is wrong. Of course it's not wrong, right. uh, but there's nothing wrong with using modern translations. And so we're going to tackle that next month, and I'm excited <laughs> to be able to preach from the ESV. That's going to be awesome. I'm excited to be able to preach from the ESV. I did it for the last like, six years, and I'm still back to King James. I'm like, ah, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> and then the next month, you've got Brian coming in doing interpretive dance Q&A, right? Yes, yes. 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 Be really good. Ribbon. That'd be great. Batons and hula hoops. Yeah. Well, I actually have flags now with tassels, so I have... <laughs> Bill does have a really nice banner ministry. I got to give it to you. Yes, yes. And, and, and I'm going to bring along an artist who paints <laughs> an abstract picture of the cross while I do it. So it's going to, it's going to be moving, very moving. To the song, Abba Daddy. I got to get that on there. It's in high demand. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all being on the podcast with us tonight. We're excited that you're part of the network, the family, and uh, we're excited to watch the Starving for Truth podcast continue to grow and continue to reach a whole bunch of people um, who don't like us anymore, and they're going to listen to y'all. <laughs> well, before before we go off, Austin, would you share with us what is the gospel? The gospel, the death burial and resurrection of Christ. When we think of the gospel, we think of how Christ regenerates the sinner's heart at conversion. And when the gospel is preached, the Holy Spirit does a work inside someone's heart. And you guys know as well as I do, when that happens, our stony hearts are transformed into a heart of flesh. And we're convicted of our sin. We know that we're lost. We know that we're undone. And we are drawn, as John 6 says, we are drawn by the Father to repentance and faith in Christ. And so when we believe in Christ, we're forgiven. And not only is it just that Christ died, but we believe that he also resurrected. And mm. one day we're going to resurrect and we're going to be in heaven for all of eternity with Christ. Yeah. And I can't wait. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there, there's, there's going to be Arminians and Calvinists up there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That'd be awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Tyler, Chance, uh, Austin's already been to Israel. You two haven't. So uh, recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Israel tab. And, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the trip, and I'm going to try to get these guys to come with me. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Any other pastor, though, that's listening, you go with these guys. You won't regret it. It's an awesome trip. They would the, say theirs was the cheapest. That, huh? there's, there's the oh, cheapest. Ooh, yes. <laughs> well, there's some division in the brotherhood now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I'm excited about uh, this podcast being part of our network. And uh, we'd love for you to go check out all of the podcasts that are on the RFP network. You can go to rfpnetwork.com and check them out today. Fellas, it's good to see you. Brian, go lift some weights or eat a continental breakfast here in a couple hours. Yes, sir. We'll do it. All right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good week. <laughs> See ya. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.